0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book. We're in chapter six and we're on page 75, the first paragraph, when we decide who. And we'll read just that one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Gail B., for the 12 traditions, Diane V. Reading the text are Cynthia C., Janice B., and Craig F. The reference numbers for Tuesday, December 10, 2019 are, for the 7 a.m., 13787, that's 13,787, and for the 10 a.m., are 13793, that's 13,793. OA Preamble. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Gail B. to read the 12 steps.
1: Good morning, this is Gail B. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food Promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Gail. I will
0: now ask Diane V to read the 12 traditions.
1: Good morning, Katie.
2: I'm Diane V, a compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. property and prestige divert us from from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to do service and I pass.
0: In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 75, the first paragraph. When we decide who, and I will ask Cynthia C. to get us started.
3: Thank you so much for your service. I'm so grateful for this meeting this morning. This is Cynthia C., truly a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and food addict from Newton, Massachusetts. When we decide who is to hear our story, we waste no time. We have, we have a written inventory, and we are prepared for a long talk. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. He should realize that we are engaged upon a life-and-death errand. Most people approached in this way will be glad to help. They will be honored by our confidence. Um, if you could time me for my share, I would be grateful. Uh, this is okay. just such an amazing, amazing, amazing step. And all I can do is share my own experience, strength, and hope with the fifth step. Um, I gave, all right, well, I've been sober for 28 years. I got sober really early. I could not, I I was, I've been in and out of recovery with the food. Um, But I got sober really early. And and I have to say, I, I went to AA because When I was in, when I started in OA, you know, 30 years ago, there was no recovery and nobody working the steps in in the area I was in. So I went to AA and found that I was an alcoholic. And so within AA, I think I did fourth and fifth steps a number of times. However, nobody ever told me there were steps after step five, really. (laughs) So it wasn't until I got recovered two and a half years ago, um, and I found that I really felt guided by my higher power to find a vision for you. And when I came here, I had been in, in relapse in the food for 20 years and I was desperate. I was desperate and I wanna I wanna glam onto this life and death errand, coming back to OA and and and, and reading the big book, the way we do it here in this group, is very different than the way I ever read the big book anywhere else. And very different the message to me somehow was so different this time. And maybe after this 20-year relapse, I I knew I had many more relapses in me, but I know that I don't know or I don't know that I have any more recoveries in me. And, and I was so sick and tired of being sick and tired, and my health had deteriorated from overeating so badly. And I was so uncomfortable physically and emotionally. Um, and I was desperate to get into the steps, and, and I begged my sponsor to let me work them as quickly as possible, which we did, which I'm so grateful. And so when it came time to do my fifth step, I had a lot written. I had written it pretty quickly, but I had a lot written. And um, both my sponsor and I were working and had kids and a husband and commitments, and we were not able to sit down for one long period of time. And I know that that's ideal. I know that it's ideal to sit down for one long period of time and get through it. And I want to share with other people that if that is not possible for any reason, you can still make it work. And so my sponsor and I got together. She lives a quite a distance from me. And so we got on the phone whenever we could. We made time. Sometimes it was for an hour. Sometimes it was for 15 minutes. I know that that's not ideal, but we got through it as quickly as possible because this to me was life and death. I needed to do this. And and in the next paragraph that, that we'll read tomorrow, the promises. And and because, because my sponsor understood the depth and, and the weight of how important it was for me to get rid of all of the shame, all of these secrets, all of these hidden, all these things that I hid from everybody, how horrible I felt about myself. When I was able to go through, you know, all of my character defects and go through all of my resentment. Time, and please. Start, thank you. And I could start seeing the patterns. All those promises in the next paragraph came true for me. And they can come true for anybody else here on this line. Keep coming back. Without so that I pass. Thank you so much.
0: Um, so now, if you just joined us, we're on page 75, the first paragraph. We read that one paragraph. And if you ha- <coughs> haven't shared in the last few days, <coughs> excuse me, please give me your first name and your last initial.
4: Leah S., Leia Janice P.M.,
5: Ginger C.,
4: Ginger E.,
0: Sam, P. P. Sam S., and then there was Irene. Else. Irene B. Irene B. Reva P. Reva P. Okay. Um, okay. I have Leah S. Janice P. M. Ginger C. I think it was Sam S. Irene B. And Reva P. Any corrections there? Okay. Well, if you're not Leia S., please mute your phone, and let's go with Leia S. Thank, followed
6: you, so by much. Thank you so much, Katie. This is Leia S. recovered in Brooklyn. Very grateful. Um, I am a compulsive overeater, and part of the things that I do is, actually most of the things that I do and did is isolate and the reason i isolated was my reason i didn't want you to know any everything or anything about me forget about the way i ate or what i did and uh that is why it was so hard for me to give over to my um uh to my sponsor the fifth step also there were a lot of things that i didn't want you to know I wanted to lose the weight, but I didn't want you to know. This is a life and death matter for me. If I do not recover, then I will go into the food, and I will pretty soon be sick, and I will die. I believe that with my whole heart. And um, knowing that, I just had to do it. I had to get all of my resources, and especially the resource of believing in God, step three came very, very much into place over here so that I can do this effectively. And I found that the people that I have approached, they were more than willing, and they guided me with so much love and so much um, understanding and and always with uh, with with um with that special touch so to speak. And uh it's just an amazing, amazing experience. With that I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Okay, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Ginger C.
4: And thank you so much, KDF. This is Janice PM and I'm a grateful recovered Compulsive overeater from snowy Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, this well, you know, this seems so simple to me, this paragraph, because we just got the book just got through teaching me and I hope you that, you know, what type of what type of criteria we should have in the person that we choose. It was easy for me because I had a recovered compulsive overeater sponsor. And she knew what I was going to do, um, and you know we've talked, and you know even before this step. So she knew a little bit about me anyway, and I knew she was close mouth, trustworthy, and supportive. That's what the big book is teaching us prior to to picking out one. If you don't do it with your sponsor, you know um, somebody that would understand yet be unaffected. These things are very important to know that that she or he would keep my confidence and that they would know what I was driving at, like fully understand that this is a life and death process for me. It, uh, you know, and so I I didn't have any trouble. So of course it was my recovered sponsor because in those days, in the days that this was written, they didn't have as many sponsors they're not as lucky as we are. So I knew. I felt very comfortable when we decide, when I decided, which was right away, I didn't have to have any, you know, I just trusted her, I could, you know, I worked with her prior on the first three steps. So I I, I just had that, God gave me that feeling. So she was put in my my life at the beginning of my inventory. And so decided right away, before we started, we said the third step prayer together. That was our beginning. And then, of course, I was fortunate enough to have it done in one sitting. And, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, it says here, it says, as soon as we decide who it is to listen to our inventory, we take action. Action immediately, We don't wait five weeks or whatever to say, oh, let me see, let me see if I should have this one, if I should tell that one. And she was so, so, so willing and confident and honored by my confidence in her. And that gave me a a new outlook on life about trust. Trust, trust, trust. I felt I knew I could trust God, but I could trust another human being. And um, I, you know, I became humble and it was so freeing. she did the same things I did. So there was nothing to be afraid of. So I was very fortunate that, you know, it was done and she was uh, very, very honored to do so. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Perfect timing. Thank you, Janice. OK, Ginger C., you're up,
0: followed by Sam S.
5: Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. And this is Ginger a Recovered, compulsive overeater in Colorado. So why, why do we have to do it? And people have been mentioning because it's life and death. We're talking about my life. And if I'm done and I'm convinced and I have been beaten by this food and I am afraid that I'm gonna die if I don't stop eating. It's real simple, people. I got two doors. I can either keep blotting it out, praying it will get better, which it won't, and I could end up six feet under. Or I can get busy and I can get better. And then I can see what this God has always wanted me to experience in this thing called life. (laughs) It's about you and it's about me connecting to you. And if I'm eating, I don't think about you. I think about food 24 seven. I can't even taste it anymore. It doesn't even work. Yet I cannot stop eating. So this is life and death. And what am I gonna do? Because this book was solely written for me to connect to power a power greater than me that is down deep within me to hopefully keep me from eating a bite today and so where is god i have to think about that all the time where is god and i'm so grateful that i feel i'm so close and i am connected and it all began by saying goodbye to the food saying goodbye in a way that I'd never said goodbye before because in OA I wanted to have my cake and eat it too. I still wanted to have the food somehow, some way, until that day came where I saw myself at death's door. So put the food down. Let today's pain be enough pain. You don't have to write it down any further, but you got to get into this book because you got to find power. And it's going through these 12 steps, these precise directions that will save your life and connect you and keep you safe and protected, hopefully until your blessed breath. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger.
0: Okay, Sam, you're out followed by Irene B.
7: Hi, good morning. Thank you for calling on me. This is Sam, a Compostable Reader in Rhode Island. Um, Thank you for your service. Thank you for all the shares so far. Um, So God definitely teaches me, and this program teaches me one day at a time, one paragraph at a time, one mistake at a time, um, one learning opportunity at a time rather than a mistake. But what I was reading this morning and kind of chuckling about is um, the lesson that I need to hear, which is when I come to someone with my inventory, I need to come with somebody. Come to somebody with my written inventory. Um, You know, my great spiritual friends and teachers will remind me to put the pen to paper um, when I'm calling to share the inventory. I'm not chewing the fat. That's not my intention. Um, It shouldn't be my intention. And uh, if it is, I need to go back to the steps and do the writing. Um, I can't stick in what I'm seeing is wrong. And I need to see my part and just keep doing the work and um, keep on coming back. So really glad for the lesson of this morning of coming to someone with a written inventory and also clearly expressing what I'm about to do and to be really transparent because any spiritual, you know, teacher, I I believe that is recovered is going to take whatever I say very literally and very truthfully. So I need to be sure that I'm honest. So, um yeah, I'm just really grateful to be on the line this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay,
0: Irene B., you're up, followed by Reva P. Good morning, Katie. This is
8: Irene B., a very gratefully recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and still very much of an emotional eater. Step five, I didn't feel the anxiety, fear, apprehension about doing it fully. But I know that the process drained me every time. And that was one of the most loving experiences of my life because my sponsor was so deliberate in... um, in sharing situations where she had done the same thing or her son had done the same thing or somebody else had done the same thing, and I didn't feel so bad after that. And and I just thought that I was the most, there, there's no words, I can't come up with a word to describe how terrible I felt. About myself, and she, I would rush through situations and things, stating how I saw myself and how I felt about myself, and I rushed through it real quick, like you take a drink of, of your medicine and you swallow it hard and you move forward and you just ignoring, you know, trying to rush through it. And she said, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! Tell me that again." And she would question my assessment, and conclusion about myself. And I can't tell you how many times she said, I disagree. What you're describing to me is entirely being human. And the, the loving approach to my sense of being so terrible was so healing to me. And I am thankful for the experience. And as I go through my abstinence, more and more stuff comes up. And I'm thankful that even though I'm not officially on step five, I can still go to my sponsor and say, I have a step five situation that I think I need to work out. And I totally trust her. And I think that having worked the steps with her enabled me to build a sense of trust and rapport with her. And I just think that she is God's greatest gift ever in my life. And that's pretty radical to say But in terms of my healing, her love and acceptance and her set of eyes, looking at Time, me please, with her eyes has changed a little bit the way that I see me not being so critical and harsh and damning,
0: totally damning of myself with that. I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Irene. Okay, Reva P., you're up, and then we'll open it up for more people.
9: Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. A couple of things struck me in this paragraph. First of all, we waste no time. I love the suggestion that once someone starts writing step four to already make an appointment with my sponsor to do the step five. Because for me, putting this stuff on paper and looking honestly at resentments, fears, and harmful conduct is so uncomfortable, I could never sit. I don't know how anybody could do that, but um, it's so uncomfortable that if I want to keep what I have I need that sense of urgency, I need to get on with step five and then six and seven and finish the inventory process and nine uh, because I'm usually so disturbed and it's the same thing with step tens. But this, what struck me the most is, you know, here it says, explain to my partner what I'm about to do, but I'm wondering, I need to ask myself, am I clear about what I'm doing here and why? Um, Am I clear that this is not a therapy session? Am I clear that this is not just a dumping of my stuff on somebody else? That what I'm really here for is to look at the exact nature of my wrongs, my defects, whatever I want to call them, because the food is my solution and those are my problems and those are my blocks to the power that saves me. So I need to be clear what I am about to do, and why I'm doing it, Um, and the fact that this is life and death. Do I realize that this is life and death? Do I realize that the defects are driving me in my addiction, and those are the things that are killing me, Um, and those are the things that if I indulge in, also rob me of quality of life, that I can't live happy, joyous and free and practice defects at the same time. It just doesn't work. Um, And the last thing that strikes me, you know, that the person is honored by my confidence. um, And you know, it's desperation that drives me to do the step work because I'm so uncomfortable and I just don't want to live like I lived before. but to remember, this is not about, oh, I'm so ashamed that I think like this and feel like this. This is about humility. This is what I do. This is where my head goes. And I need to share it, uncover it, and then get on with the rest of the steps in the inventory process to be free. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much,
0: Reba. Okay, so if you've just joined us in the last few minutes, We're on page 75. We read the first paragraph, when we decide who. And if you haven't shared in the last few days, please give me your first name and the first initial of your last name. Janice B. Janice B.
5: Vasa O.
10: Maj O.
11: W. Okay,
0: Uh, just one second. Okay. I have Janice B, Vasa O, Marge O, Beth W. Who else? mora Z. mora Z. I can take a couple more. Christina J. Okay, Natalie. Christina. Christina J. And Natalie. Is it Natalie? I'm sorry, who was that, Natalie?
12: Hi, Madeline R. There might not be time, though. I understand, but Madeline R., thanks.
0: Okay, we should be able to get you in. Okay, I have Janice B., Vasa O., Marge O., Beth W., Mara Z., Christina J., and Madeline R. Janice B., go ahead, please. Darwan, Janice?
13: Good. Yep, here I am. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B. in Vermont, recovered compulsive overeater. We explain to our partner what we are about to do and why we have to do it. You could just say, I have to do this so that I won't compulsively eat again. Maybe believing that statement, maybe not. Check. Okay. I followed the instruction in the book. But really, what am I about to do and why? Is it really life and death if I don't do this? I encourage you not to just check the box, check, done that, but to meditate and remember your experience of steps one, two, and three. What am I about to do? I'm about to disclose the exact nature of my wrongs. My wrongs? Why are they wrong? not why am I wrong. It's not about being a bad person. I have always been very critical about myself. And where did that get me? Eating my brains out and relapsing. Being restless, irritable, and discontent. Living in fear, doubt, and insecurity. Feeling disconnected and insecure. My default thinking was I'm not good enough. And I saw it escape. After numerous step ones, I finally exceeded, conceded to my innermost self that I was a compulsive overeater and that my life was unmanageable. That I was powerless. That my way of thinking and actions got me to what I, where I was and it didn't work. I was powerless and I needed a power. In step two, I looked deep down inside me and named the characteristics of this new power that I needed and yearned for. I discovered that those qualities were qualities I yearned to have and be. That God was no longer an old guy in the sky with a rule book. That didn't work for me. That the God was deep down inside me that was good and loving and non-judgmental that I am a part of, that I have a core of goodness deep down inside me, that God is there in me but was very hazy and covered up and I didn't know or trust that God. In step three, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of this higher power that I had named in step two. The words decision and care are primary here for me. Remembering step one, my way didn't work. What else is there to do than to make that decision? So on to step four, I took a hard look at myself, an inventory, no judgment. I am what I am. I do what I do when I do what I did. Thank you. Um, And... um, and I wanted to find that core of goodness that was covered up by the haze, that I'm not that haze. I'm not a bad person. And I'm seeking in step four and five to discover what that haze is with that I passed. Thank you.
14: Thank you, Janice.
0: Okay, Vasa O, oh, you're up, followed by Marge O. Oh.
14: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa grateful, grateful recover compulsible We're calling from Florida. And uh, I was so sick and tired and, and been so sick and, tired, sick and tired by coming to, by the time I came to over, over, it is Anonymous, and I did the first three steps all at once. I can, he can, I will let him. Whoever you are out there, I will let you. Because to me, I was dying gradually, physically, emotionally, and spiritually without even knowing what could I do. It's not like I didn't try. Nobody had to convince me that I was a... a Compulsive overeater. I knew my. I diagnosed myself over the 25 years of my life being into the food, trying to put it up and down. uh, Everything that I heard, I, I did. So um, I came to this step four and five. I remember saying, "Well, I don't know. I have to tell somebody else. It's so embarrassing. God knows what I've done." I know what I've done. It's just so embarrassed to go and tell somebody else about my life and things that have happened in my life, things that I have done. Well, this was that My sponsor said, if you don't do the steps way they laid out, you're going to go back into the food addiction. And I didn't want to go back, and I was ready and willing to do whatever it took, so I wouldn't go back, you know. And, yes, my sponsor guided me to up to her level, but she said, I think you're going to need outside help. She was a family. She was a friend of our family, and I really didn't want to tell her everything anyway. So I went out to counseling. I did what she told me to do, and I did try one counselor, and that's all we talked. He was Greek. He was one of us, and he talked about favorite foods that he loved and I loved. I wasn't getting anything out of it, so I got I left him. Then I went to another one that somebody suggested from the program, and this person I liked, but he was probably like an hour away from my house. And he said to me, "I will send you to my counselor." I said, "Oh my God, he's a counselor? He should know what he's doing. You know, why is he going to counseling? I thought all the counselors had their life figured out." He said, "Oh, he's really good. I'll send him to you because he's closer. Uh, I'll send him to you to him because he's closer and I did it I did it uh, um, hundred sixty nine questionnaire and but it took me a while to really develop a little relationship with him before I started, and I did the questionnaire from from childhood, adolescence, and adulthood, and I answered them to the best of my ability. And no stoned unturned. I did the best one with him because I knew it was going to be locked in the file and nobody's going to hear about it. And then later on, Time, I did, I'll wrap it up. Later on, I did a big book step study, and I've done many of them, and they all work. Thank you for letting me share in our
0: Thank you, Vasa. Okay. Um, next, we have Marge O followed by Beth W.
10: Good morning. It's Marjo from the Boston area. I went to Wonderland, recovered compulsive overeater, and very grateful to be on the line. This step really, for me, was all about ego and pride. I didn't want anybody else to know what I knew about me, and I was sure that I'd be thrown out of the group once you knew. I didn't catch on right away that whatever I told my person wasn't going anywhere. And, of course, first thing I did was pick a priest who was in program, and I felt doubly sure he wouldn't. But as time went on, I did more than one four-step because as I grew, I could see more and more. And it is true for me also, as many people have said. It is about the surrender. It's about letting go of that ego as best I could at that time and knowing that the patterns are there. And oh my, what a surprise. It just was, I wanted to go to the food whenever I was uncomfortable with life. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm a compulsive person. I'm looking for relief. I didn't know that relief was in the fact that I could have a higher power and that my higher power would guide me. If I stayed with it and if i practice these principles in all my affairs. I was able to sponsor, and I have always sponsored. And I give that. That is such a gift from this program to be able to tell people, yes, I did that too, and to have someone say that to me. And to have someone say to me, so tell me some good things about you, because I had nothing but negative to think about myself and to say about myself, and yet I was the same way, the actress on the stage. So thank you, God of these steps for this program and for Big Book especially and I wish you all a good day. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marge. Okay, so now we'll have Beth W followed by Maura
11: Z. Hi, good morning. Thanks for calling on me. My name is Beth W and I'm from North Dakota um, where it is bitterly cold this morning. <laughs> but um so grateful to have the warmth of all of you this morning. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and in this paragraph, we have a there's a warning. We're engaged on a life and death errand, and you know, in this book, there's several warnings about you know what what this program will do uh, to to help us stay alive. You know that these steps will are a lifesaver um, if we if we follow the steps we work them and that we connect with a God or a higher power of our understanding, because that's the point of the steps. I can go through all the steps. And if I haven't connected to a higher power, um, I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just following the Candyland path. You know, I don't go anywhere. I, um, and I get set back. I used to play that a lot with my kids. (coughs) Excuse me. But what I love about this is that, um, I share that life and death scenario with the person i 'm going to sh- talk with, and that person becomes um, part of my journey and um, I was so grateful for the people who have listened to my fifth steps they they honored me and they were con- they kept my confidence and they reflected back to me things i couldn 't see because I was still blocked from the from the sunlight of the spirit because i hadn 't gotten recovered yet I was still clearing away the stuff that was that was keeping me um, keeping me blocked my my pathway to God was still so cloudy Um, and so I'm super grateful that this life and death errand was done and and you know since we waste no time I am a procrastinator by nature Um, and I would have wasted a lot of time if my sponsor hadn't said okay you let's get that on the calendar right away we're gonna set a time and a you know and get done. Left up to me, I could have waited weeks, months, or never done it at all. But because I was working alongside somebody who was recovered, um, they guided me to uh, a place and a time to get it done. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. So that's all I have to share today. I hope you have a great and warmer day than I'm having. Thanks, bye. Thank you, Beth.
0: Okay, Maura Z, you're up, followed by Christina J.
15: Thanks, Katie, for your service this morning. More is he recovered in Virginia. You know, oh, timer, starting timer. It's here somewhere. Starting timer. Sorry. Um, I had something that I thought made me the scum of the world on my inventory. And um, I really was convinced that it was not safe in the rooms of OA to share it. Um, So I went to my counselor and i did share it and it was really difficult and really painful and she made me feel like i'm a human being
7: she she
15: made it known to me um that i had made a poor choice but i was also a child when i made that choice and i perhaps did not know better but either way it was a choice I made. It was an action I did that did not necessarily mean that it equals sign Mora is a rotten human being. Um, and as I've heard on the line, if there's a name for it, you're not the first person to have done it. Now, that doesn't mean to me that I got carte blanche. It just means that in my little brain, my ego, my warped ego, was telling me that you're the only one that's ever done this, therefore you are the most heinous creature on the planet. Not so. Not so at all. But as years went on, even though I had shared it, I still wasn't getting recovered, let alone having that word in my vocabulary. It didn't, it didn't even exist. But coming into um, stronger and stronger OA meetings, finally landing upon this one, going through my fourth step again, um, I was able to let it go to a sponsor. And world of difference, world of difference. The, um, you know, 100 pounds of shame and guilt and remorse that were hanging on my shoulders um, was all of a sudden lifted. Not because of the human being listening to me, but because I had finally let it go and God removed it. Because it's in the telling to another human being that I let God in, finally. In step three, I turned my life and my will over. In step four, I held onto it tight while I gripped that pencil and I wrote it out. And in step five, I actually opened my fist and I let it out and I let go. And then I met God on His terms. Not all the way. There's a whole lot of work for me to do still yet. Got, you know, six through 12 to do. But that was the beginning. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you,
0: Maura. Okay, now we have Christina J, followed by Madeline
16: R. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service uh, and everybody on the line this morning, Christina J a compulsive overeater recovered here in Washington State this morning. Um, When I got into vision was 2014, and I had a very strong sponsor who took me through, and I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never been through the big book. I'd never heard what I was hearing on the lines, and I only listened to the meetings for a few times before I dove in. So I had no idea what was ahead. And um, I don't even think that the big book meetings were talking about this at the time until, you know, they were in a different part of the book is what I meant to say. So um, I had some things I wasn't going to share, and uh, I got some hints that this was coming because I saw in four and five in reading the steps um, and eight and nine and just scared the pants off of me. But. I wanted what you guys had, so I got some warnings. Um, If I keep things in me, I will eat again. It's a race against time. And it is. Once you get the stuff down on the fourth inventory, it's a race against time because you need to get it out and share it. Otherwise, you get scared. How can you share this stuff with people? I mean, it just scared the poop out of me. Uh, I must give this to someone, as is said here. Uh, We waste no time or prepared for a long talk. I didn't have to explain to a partner what I was going to do, because uh, my my sponsor explained what we were going to do to me. Uh, And she said, this is a life and death errand. Uh, And she said, share it or wear it. You know, I heard that in the rooms too, I had no idea what it meant. So if you're out there and you don't know what the heck's going on, um, hold on tight to your sponsor's hand, make calls during this process before you have given it away. Uh, I was totally restless, irritable, and discontent with this stuff still down in me. I had no idea why. Um, I didn't know what sharing this stuff was going to do for me, airing it out, getting it out. Um, I just had no idea of what was going to be coming in the next paragraph, the promises that are going to be coming. Uh, and my sponsor was honored. You know, she told me, you're human. You're human. We're all human. We've done stuff. So there's, you know, if you are new and you're on this line right now and you're just hearing this stuff for the first time, what a gift, because all these people that are recovered are sharing their experience, strength, and hope with this step, and, and you can hear there's no need to be afraid. Of course, that doesn't stop us at times. We still have our fears about giving. But you can be sure that as you make calls for support during this process and your sponsor takes you through, that you're going to have a great experience of release and relief. So um, I did, and I still do every day when I do my 10, 11, and 12, because i got to stay in the work, got to keep going. So thank you for letting me share, and I'll pass.
0: Sorry, I lost my phone there for a second. Okay, thank you so much, um, Christina J. And now we'll have Madeline R. And um, go ahead, please.
12: Hi, this is Madeline R., uh, I'm calling Recovered from Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. Um, I've been listening over the couple of days as we're going through this, and what just keeps coming to mind for me is that um, the only way truly to do the fifth step wrong is not to do it. Um, I've heard so many different things on the line the last couple of days, and I'm um, thought, oh, gee, I didn't try that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did do that one. And I'll be honest that... Um, I did do a couple a couple different ways, and it was just based on whatever sponsor I had at the time and uh one of the first times I did it was uh way back in the nineties when I was in um, in a program where a lot of people were using the o a uh checklist book where I just asked all these questions. And I started those questions, but I never finished them. And someone came along, and they were also in another fellowship, and they were accustomed to the big book more than we were. And they sent me into the big book. And I remember sitting and writing my four-step and bawling my eyes out, and it was just natural that I would give it to my sponsor. And when she came to the house, she came to my house. um, She had children, you know, gave up a lot of her Saturday. She asked us to, you know, hit our knees, and we did, and we said a prayer. And she reminded me that I was a historian and i was saying everything that was there and everything that needed to be out into you know the the sunlight of the day and it was an amazing process and she reminded me at that point that we are only as sick as our secrets and that was really important um i did go through a two year big book step study i don't know if anybody ever remembers doing one of those and i was asked to have the person ready for my fifth step and we did it in a group And so I kept praying for a name. They kept saying, pray for a name. And it was this woman who I met who was actually at the pulpit at the church. I never met her in my life. She, She came to our area, and she was a guest speaker. And I thought, you are crazy when her name came to me. And by the time I got to church that day, I forgot her name. And I'm like, see, God, I'm not supposed to do it with her. And her name came back to me. And one of the most amazing things about that is when I gave her my fifth step she had three chairs and she had one for me she had one for my higher power she lit a candle for my higher power and she stepped away she like backed up a little bit and i gave my whole fifth step to my higher power at that point who i choose to call god and most recently in Vision with my sponsor we got through it quickly and that helped too it was amazing how my higher power sent me what i needed at the time for my fifth step So I'm so grateful for these last couple days of meetings and for all of your shares. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much,
0: um, Madeline. And so if you have been chomping at the bit, waiting for an opportunity, here you have it. We have four minutes left, so we could have two people for two minutes. Who would like to jump in? Page 75, the first paragraph, when we decide who. R1 to unmute. Nancy L. Okay, Nancy, go ahead, please.
17: Oh, thank you very much. Um Thank you. The word that, the word that comes to me that I used over and over as I wrote it. And, and found the person to share it with, and then shared it with a person, was courage. I am the most chicken-hearted person in the world, I think, sometimes. And I just get, I, I looked up the word courage, I read little, you know, sentences here and there about people with what they had to say about courage, and um, and it worked. It worked. I started to believe, believe that I had what it was going to take to share, and I I've shared quite a few different times, and that fear always comes. I'm familiar with it now. I'm not afraid of it now. I can face my fear with courage and also knowing that this is the only way to get freed from this horrible, horrible addiction. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, that was very quick, so we still have time for a two-minute share if someone would like to jump in.
18: Margaret D.
0: Jason K. Go ahead. Sorry, Jason. I heard Margaret first. Go ahead, please, Margaret.
4: Um, that's okay, Jason. Go ahead. I'll ca- I'll catch you next hour. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Well, Jason, you're on two minutes, please.
18: Thank you. I'll see what I can do for two minutes. Jason K. Recovered from pulse fever and bulimic, and I I I like uh. So first of all, I like to look at this as the big book is trying to reach people when bill wilson wrote it he's trying to reach people who don't have a meeting who don't have a group who don't have a fellowship around them so they spend a little extra time saying who should you give this to but it, i think we need to understand as a fellowship the 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 attitude and the purpose of it and the big word that sticks out for me is vital we're on a uh, a, a vital life-saving mission uh and, and earlier on in the book it talks about a a a what is vital, uh, a vital spiritual experience. And and if we think about vital signs, those are the signs to show that we are alive. And so for me, what strikes me today is I'm living my life. I've come alive. I'm bringing an awakened spirit into my life. And this fifth step is part of it. And it doesn't just stop when we do our first fifth step. It's it's really a part of the 10-step process. It's a part of our day-to-day life, you know, because this book talks about our way of life. This way of life has advantages to all. Um, these are uh, principles that we practice in all our affairs. So every day is a day where I can ask myself, is there something that I, uh, I've, I, I need to share with somebody? Is there, is there something I've kept to myself that I need to share with somebody? Is there a resentment? Is there a fear? Is there some selfishness that I need to confess to somebody else, that I need to pray and ask God to remove? Because my ego likes to rebuild itself. You know, and and my God consciousness starts to fade a little bit. So that's why we come back again and again. That's why I come back again and again, because I want to feel alive. I want to, um, you know, feel the big book says we've been reborn. We have this new experience. Um, So I want to keep that alive every day. um, And that's why I come here. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, December 11th, 7 a.m. meeting, is 13,799. That's 13799. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice B. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be, Suggestive Only?
13: Good morning. This is Janice B. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got.